0: Hi, guys. It's me, Lindsay Pinchuk, host and founder of Dear Found Her. And before we get into today's episode, I have some exciting news. You've asked and I'm answering. We're taking Dear Found Her live for some much anticipated networking events starting this fall. We'll be kicking things off where I live in Chicagoland with the goal to add more cities to our lineup in 2024. Our events will be free, you just have to be a female founder, but you'll have to RSVP. So make sure you get on our list so that you are the first to know when registration goes live. Space is limited, the links in the show notes. I can't wait to meet you. Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. Today's guest was a teacher and then a stay-at-home mom who had an idea and together with her husband turned it into a $200 million brand. Yes, you heard that correctly. I can't wait for you to meet Missy Tannen, founder of Bull and Branch. But before we get into today's episode, I wanted to say hi. I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk, and I've been building brands for nearly 25 years. With just a $500 investment, I founded, built, and sold a seven-figure business that reached 3 million people per month. After my exit, I've started all over again, building a community and a, and a second business to support female founders to build their own brands. This podcast is my weekly letter to you to inspire you to find success through your own entrepreneurial endeavors. This podcast is the show I wanted and wished for 13 years ago when I became an accidental female founder. So if there's anything that you want to hear about or anything that you want me to share to help you through your own journey, I invite you to reach out. Simply email me at lindsay at lindsay or shoot me a DM on Instagram at Pinchuck. And if you're inspired by today's episode, I invite you to share it. Text it to a friend or share it in your stories on social media. If you tag me at Lindsay Pinchuk or at Dear not only will I come and say hi, but I will likely share it as well. So as always, if you like what you're hearing, I would love it if you left a five-star rating or review. That's how other entrepreneurs and listeners discover our show and the amazing stories and the women behind them that we share here each and every week. All you have to do is go to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash Dear Found Her, and you can leave that rating or review anywhere that you listen. So let's meet today's guest. Missy Tannen is a self-made expert in the design space, creating the highest quality fabrics with uncompromising attention to detail. Before co-founding and Branch in 2014 with her husband, Scott Tannen, she was an elementary school teacher. My favorite part of this entire story is that the Tannins had no experience in the bedding industry when they founded Bowl & Branch, which is an ethical and sustainable bedding brand with a transparent supply chain that they built from scratch. Like most entrepreneurs, the idea of Bull & Branch was sparked out of necessity when the couple's search for new bedsheets revealed an unforgiving industry, one that exploited workers, relied heavily on toxic chemicals, and sourced the cheapest materials possible. From day one, Tannen brought Ingenuity as the head of design at Bowling Branch. She sourced the finest 100% organic cotton and toiled over every detail, from staple length and weave to exquisite finishings. She challenged every outdated convention and her drive led to innovations in quality and design and helped to build a supply chain that prioritizes the environment and workers' rights. She doesn't settle for satisfactory always believing that there's a superior way of doing things. Her dedication makes a difference, giving families the highest quality products on the market and creating a higher quality of life for the workers who make them. Today, Tannen is the chief designer at Bowling Branch and a proud mother of three daughters. Please come on in and meet the one, the only Missy Tannen. So today on Dear Found Her, we have an incredible founder from a brand that you for sure know, you for sure have been served ads across your social media platforms, and you probably have in your home. I have Missy Tannen here, who is the founder and chief designer at Bull and Branch. I'm so excited to hear this story. I'm so excited to talk to her about how they run their company. Missy, welcome to Dear Found Her.
1: Oh, thank you, Lindsay. So
0: happy to be here. So, I am so excited to have you here. Like I said, your PR people pitched you to me. You came across my desk. I was so excited, and I'm so happy that you're here and I your business is amazing and it really has become a household name and it is less than 10 years old, correct? 2014.
1: Correct. We'll be 10 in January this year. Amazing. Year. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So
0: take us back. Tell us the story of Bull and Branch and how and why you and your husband, which we'll get into as well, started this company.
1: Wow. Yeah. So go, to go back, um, it, you know, we launched in January of 2014, but I would say you'd have to go back a year prior to that to really get the start of Bull and Branch. And really, you have to go back to even our childhoods and what makes Scott and I us. And there's so much of us that's in this brand, but I won't bore you with that whole part of it. Um, but really, you know, in 2013, we were going through some personal things. Um, we had actually lost my mother in law at the time. And Scott, you know, was at that point in his life where He, his company had been sold and he was in a job that he didn't really want to be doing anymore. And kind of us just soul searching, you know, what is that, that you want your legacy to be for the world? What, you know, what can you do through the work that you do, um, to really make a difference? I had been a third grade teacher for the beginning of my career. Then I stayed home with our three daughters when they were really young. Um, and you know, there, there is something with timing in the world and just the right idea at the right time and really going for it that I think happened to us. So, um, our daughters were in young elementary school and preschool at the time when all this was happening. And we also, this is sounds cliche, but we were renovating our bedroom. So, moving from a queen bed to a king. And I would say that just as the context for how the idea of Sheets even came to be, but we were really thinking of what what's a business that we could do? What could What could we take control of and really make the best version and reflect the best version of ourselves in? And so there was a period where my husband, Scott, was consulting and I wasn't working. It was a very scary period for a very short time period. And just thinking of ideas, what could we do? And... I go back to the, the bedroom renovation because I love anything where you can take it apart, put it back together in a different way. Um, and so at that time I was like, wow, we've made this beautiful room and raised the ceiling into the attic. And now we're at the point where we can decorate it. And, you know, okay, I'm gonna go to the mall. Luckily I live right down the street from the Short Hills Mall in New Jersey, um, which is an incredible mall and also near every other, you know, department store and um, bedding retailer you can imagine. And so the question was, what kind of sheets should I buy? And Scott was like, this is the most ridiculous thing that you're you're having trouble picking out sheets. But really what it came down to for us with bedding is, you know, there, there weren't, there isn't really a clear market leader and there aren't really brands that you believe in or inspired by or are doing something different than the way they've been done for the past 50, 60 years, or even more. Um, You know, there are a lot of licensed products out there, a lot of just imported, um, slap a label on it, and that's your bedding products. And when we asked our friends and family, hey, you know, what kind of sheets do you sleep on? Unanimously, people were like, I I don't know. And they might cite the retailer where they purchased them. But really early on, we realized There wasn't this affinity or love for your bedding products, like there might be for a handbag that you, you know, carry or the shoes that you wear. And so once we had this idea of sheets, we were like, wow, maybe there's something there. You know, this is a product that everyone uses every day of their life for (laughs) a third of your life. And yet there's not this like care or attention that goes into them. And so... That's really where our journey started, and I would say we then spent the the better part of a a year um, really digging in, researching everything we could about not just betting and what are pain points that customers have, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs start with, you know, how can I make something just a little bit better than what's out there? But for us, it wasn't just the function. Of course, I wanna make sure that your fitted sheet always stays tucked in and we have deeper pockets and elastic all the way around. And I oversized the pillowcases just so slightly so that it's easy to get them in. But there's more than that when I think about product and I think about product design. So at Bull & Branch, that's really been my focus for the past 10 years are the products that we make. And so, as much as it matters to me what it looks like and how beautiful it's going to look on someone's bed and how proud they're gonna feel, we go a step deeper at Bull and Branch. We believe that the materials that are used going all the way back to the raw material is just as important as that end look or that hand feel, how soft it is. Also the people who are making your products We wanna make sure that they're living better lives for coming in contact with our product. Um, We never wanted to just source and private label a textile, if that makes sense. So really with Fulham Branch, what you're getting is there's, you know, there's so many white sheets out there in the world, but ours the only ones that I can say from farm to finish, we have thought through every detail made them in the most ethically sustainable way possible and taking care of all the people who have, you know, helped bring this product to life. Um, And of of course, for the customer, we want it to be the softest, most beautiful bedding that they can depend on um, and also at a reasonable price for them.
0: So you just said something that really perked my ears up and that was that you take care of the people who basically put into the product from start to finish how do you communicate that with your customer and with your community
1: yeah you know what it's it's been an interesting journey along that because to us at bull and branch that is heart and soul to who we are of how we make the products how even the partners that we're working with we treat everyone like a true partner they're not a vendor or a supplier um, truly they're an extension of bull and branch but it's not always what the customer wants to hear at that moment, right? They might have just had their sheets rip and they they want a new set of sheets or they saw a beautiful ad on Instagram and they're like, I want that bedroom from bowl and branch. And that's fine too. Like we want you to love your sheets. Um, so I would say um, for those customers who want to take that You know, we don't we don't try and tell everything all at once, I guess is what I would say for the first few years. That's all I tried to do. And I want to tell everybody a whole paragraph about our brand and how we're different and how we're changing the world through our sheets. But that's a lot when you just need a new set of sheets. So I would say it's about at the right moment. It's like going on a date with your customer. You don't need to tell them everything all at once. But when you keep peeling back Another layer about Bull and Branch, another layer about Bull and Branch. You just keep surprising and delighting the customers with what you see.
0: So I know that your job is product designer. We talked about this, um, you know, when we got on and I want to kind of get into in a minute how you and Scott divvy things up and what your team looks like. But something that I wanted to ask you is when you first started this company, you were a teacher Scott had been consulting. You didn't even say what he was doing when he didn't like his job. I don't think you said that you did not but <laughs> well, you don't have to. But that's not the point. The point is, is that you started this company, this direct to consumer product company with a background that is probably not traditional in terms of direct to consumer. So how did you find customers? How did you let people know? Like, how did people find out about Bull and Branch in 2014 when you launched in January?
1: Yeah. So I would say in in January of 2014, when we launched, we mainly relied on word of mouth, our friends, our family. Um, You know, we live in a great town called Chatham, New Jersey. (laughs) I think everyone in Chatham, New Jersey has Bowl and branch sheets um, and had gone, you know, I'm from the Midwest originally and Scott's from New York, just really tapping into our friends and family. And honestly, that's, why I was working so hard on every single sheet we were making to make sure it was perfect um, from the color to the hand field, to the stitching, to the packaging, because I really treated it like I was going to be, you know, my mom was going to be having these sheets, my sister, my friends, and now all customers who have spent so much of their hard-earned money on these sheets, I take that very seriously. So really it was word of mouth. Um, I would say that there were, you know, in the very beginning, we did have that one kind of tipping and that breaking moment that, all right, so we were on Facebook, we've told all of our friends and family, so from January to say March, you know, sales were great for what we thought. We bought about a year and a half worth of what we thought was inventory. Our first PO that consisted of white and ivory sheets that I had designed and picked the colors. And um, but then, you know, maybe two and a half months in, there were three days where we had no sales. And we happened to be on spring break visiting my parents, so you know, visiting them in Florida. And I was like, Scott, you cannot tell them anything that's going on. They already think we're crazy, you know, making this investment in, in our dreams and starting our own company. Do not tell them. So we did not tell them. And don't you know, though, there was a reporter from the Wall Street Journal who was very interested in what we were doing. She had um, primarily focused a lot of her work on fast fashion and the cost to the environment, the people, and really wanted to understand the cost of making a luxury linen product and what goes into it from, and she had heard where we were sourcing our cotton from, which is a cooperative called Chetna in India. And at the time, Chetna, I can go into this in a minute, but they really didn't even have enough buyers to support their organic cotton growing. So we came along and here, you know, we thought we had a year and a half supply. She kept interviewing Scott at different times over the, say, two months that we had launched. And there were the three days of no sales. The next day, in the Sunday Wall Street Journal, there was an article about the cost of, Fashion of of bedding. What's the true cost? And she went through and documented. She said, "You have to show me your books." And who's going to show books? You know, like what really goes into it. Right. But we showed the real cost of the cotton. Our cotton that we're buying, you know, costs more than a finished product for other just imported sheets. Um, when you're doing it the quote unquote right way of organic farming and making sure you're paying people fairly. So anyway, she post she she published this article and within 24 hours our entire 18 month supply was gone. So from there, you know, on spring break, we're calling our partner in in India and saying, "Rajat, Rajat, we can't believe it. We just sold out of all these sheets. We need to make more sheets." And I remember even asking him, like, Rajat, when will you be proud of us that we've, like, made a difference with the organic cotton that we're buying and the supply chain? And he's like, Missy, like, we've already made a difference with that one PO of just changing the way you're thinking about business, about making a product. And now here we are 10 years later and have supported all of these, you know, over 15,000 organic cotton farmers in India we just hit the million dollar mark for our fair trade premium contributions to the factory workers where that means on average each each worker is getting at least 2 months of their salaries on in addition to their their salaries so it's just like wow that the power that that one first po had and coming up with an idea that was a little different than the norm and now what that's meant for 10 years. Hi guys, it's me,
0: Lindsay. So many of you reach out and ask me how you can work with me and how I can support your business. So I figured I'd simply tell you right here. Since leaving the company I founded and sold, I've helped dozens of companies, big and small, build their organic marketing strategies through my signature method, Sweep. Sweep utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective, community-centric marketing strategies to ignite your brand. Big companies hire my do-it-for-you services where I build your strategy and work with your team to implement it or find you the right resources to do so. I also offer limited do-it-with-you services where I guide you along the process of doing it yourself. You can also bring me into your company for a keynote address or a workshop to help your team level up and ignite your brand. If you're looking for that added layer of guidance, please reach out. There's a link in my show notes, book a call with me, and let's see how we can work together. I can't wait to meet you and to learn about your business. Now back to the show. Do you remember what was going through your mind when that reporter was asking you questions? Because there are a lot of people that probably would have said, you know what, I'm not comfortable sharing this and I don't want you to go into my books and I'm not comfortable talking financials, but the fact that you did changed your life.
1: Yeah. I think though, that's something that you find about Scott and I, we're very honest, tell it like it is very transparent. And it's the same at Bowling Branch. You know, that's we're honest with where we're making things, share it with our customers. Um, That, that transparency has just been part of our DNA.
0: And so I'm guessing you just thought, like, we have nothing to lose. Like, what what are we hiding? We're (laughs) not hiding anything, right? Exactly. It's really incredible. And I think it's incredible just to note the power of PR and what being transparent and authentic can do for your business. I mean, a big part of what I say all the time is, you know, I started my first company by showing up and sharing the transparency and authenticity of being pregnant before social media existed. And that's what attracted people to me. And and I and I I'm sharing this, I'm reiterating this because I want people who are listening to understand that you don't have to keep things so close to the vest and you don't have to worry about what people are going to think that oftentimes when you do share and let people in to the process behind the scenes, that's when your business really
1: explodes. Right. I mean, I can't agree with you more. I feel like there's and you were probably right at the beginning of that. You know transition in our culture too to be more open about how people are feeling and how you know the impact that different situations have on how we show up in our lives that I think that was really brave of you and and admirable that that now we're we're starting to expect that though you know and, in and a it good should be way. expected in a good yeah way. so. That's where I think, you know, there are some other direct to consumer betting brands that started right around the same time as us, but chose to do it a different way, you know, chose to go the conventional way and private label fabric that's coming in from other countries and putting a brand, on, you know, a label on it and building up a brand that's to me, it's just like, but you could have chosen other ways if you really looked into it and really wanted to care how people were being treated or the materials you were using. Like, how are we the only ones that have chosen this way? But that makes
0: you, you. And that's what differentiates your brand, you know? And that's why you are the success that you are is for your process and for your transparency. Absolutely.
1: And I guess that's the part too, is you asked, you know, like How do you share that with the customer? And I think it's something that, you know, we haven't been as as forthcoming about. I mean, it's something that we're so proud about, and we would never change the way we make products or think about our supply chain. Um, But it's something that I think now is expected by the customers. And one thing that's really interesting is, you know, how I've been talking about you know, traceability from the very beginning of Bowen Branch, um, we've, we've tracked every single, every single product that we've made. We know exactly where it came from the farm to the spinning mill, weaving, dyeing, cut and sew, packaging and, you know, shipping it out to us. So we've never done anything with that. We've just we we've it, we've just been accumulating records after records to make sure that we can stand behind everything we sell, and so what we've been working on right now is um, on our website. In just a couple months, you'll be able to go there and type in the lot number of the product that's right underneath the the label, and see that chain of custody and see every step of the journey to make that product. Um, so. I think for those who want to know, like they can see dating all the way back. I think we didn't have it in NetSuite, you know, the first two years. So from 2016 onward, everybody can go back and check and see. That's really cool. Where their products came from. Today's
0: episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part? There's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FoundHer and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. So when you started, you were obviously sheets. You you said you had your white and ivory sheets, and mm-hmm. now you offer very natural extensions to your brand. You're not just sheets anymore. You are bedding, you are towels, you are accessories, there are pillows. There's a yeah. whole bunch of stuff that makes total sense on your website. When was it that you started extending off of just sheets and what did you go to next?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. So right away, once we, we were, you know, I think at first you're like, well, I have this limited amount of resource that is my, you know, bank savings that I'm going to ship off to, to our partners abroad and hope that some betting comes back. Um, and from there, uh, you know, once I told you that, you know, we went through all of our sheets within, you know, the first few months from that Wall Street Journal article. We really started thinking then about what's next. So we added colors by the fall, just um, a, a light blue, a dark blue, a light gray, a dark gray. Um, and then duvets were next. Um, I would like to say that it's because we had this, you know, big long strategic plan of our product roadmap but no you know the sheeting fabric you can cut it and use it as a duvet also so i think being really resourceful in the beginning and then um, taking some of the other c- solid colors and using that for the banding or the the trim colors that's really how we were able to extend it so much but I think some of that gut instinct, um, it, it can get you really far until the point where I decided that everybody's bed needed, you know, if you have a king bed, you need three euros in the back and two um, king shams in addition to your pillowcases and the lumbar and deck pillows. And then we, were, <laughs> we had a lot a lot of euro shams for a good couple years so i'm very happy to say we have you know a whole team of people who help (laughs) us now think through you know how much we should be buying and where to go next but it was very natural i would say in the beginning you know so we went to duvets Um, and then people literally one of the most um, frequently asked questions to our customer service team was, and to us, like Scott and I were customer service in the beginning, you have to remember. Um, but is is you know, okay, I've got all these great sheets and duvets and shams now, where should I get the pillow? So what do you say then? You know, uh, there wasn't a pillow in the market that's responsibly sourced where the down um, and feathers are a byproduct of the food industry. I wanted to ensure that it was. So I went back to the Midwest where I know you and I are from and um, worked with a farm that, you know, we were able to, anyway, I'm I'm going on and on, but but really that's how it just went that, okay, we need some pillows. And now, all right, if, if we're making pillows, like we now have like the basics of your bed made. Well, we also wanted to do some pillow protectors. Then if we're selling pillows, um, towels was a natural, just kind of bed and bath thinking of that, master bedroom suite. And then I would say what's been really fun recently is, all right, we have this incredible foundation of bedding, but really adding in textural layers and um, coming up for 24, we have some really exciting top of bed introductions to bring in, but right now in just a month in September, we're actually bringing in some furniture. So we've designed ourselves um, and have three beautiful silhouettes with, um, of course, like our fabric is organic cotton and recycled poly and linen, like natural materials. Um, And we're really excited about that because now we really have that foundation for you to create the whole bowl and branch room like we're showing in our imagery
0: it's so awesome. So. It's, and it's so awesome. So you brought up your team, you mentioned your team and you said something very funny that I, that I can totally relate to. You said, you know, you and Scott were customer service and I get it because yeah. I, too, was customer service at Bump Club for years. You know, at, in addition to photographer and marketing expert, totally. and web designer <laughs> and admin and yeah. booker, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. So what is your team look like today? Yeah. And wh- what does your team look like today, and what is Scott's role?
1: Yeah. So I guess I'll start there because when it was just the two of us, it was kind of like Scott's um, previous world was was online marketing. So he had come from, and and he he did enjoy where he worked. It was just that end period when the mm-hmm. company got sold. So he I worked at Kraft and Nabisco, and oh, um, yeah, worked at some amazing companies with heritage brands that really, you know, Scott was the internet guy back in 2000 when they didn't really have, you know, they didn't have an online presence. So he really grew there and, and learned from the best of the best. And so when we started, he was like, if you can make it, I can sell it. So think about it like that, that I made, I, you know, back in the very beginning, made our products, brought in a wedding photographer, and would stage my room and steam my sheets for days before. And um, like you said, wore so many hats. And then Scott would, I would get the photos and make the assets. And then he really oversaw more of the business operations and um, warehousing, website that kind of. So, so now if you fast forward 10 years, we have the most incredible team. Um, we now have about 110 employees full time. And then
0: congratulations.
1: Thank you for retail stores. That's growing to six. Um, you know, we'll be six in the next two weeks, three weeks. And um, so I would say that we've grown over the years, you know, we make everything in house. So every fabric, every design. So we have a design team, a product development team, you know, you go through production, like, you know, we have that side of the product the side of the business that's product related and working with our partners. And then you have, I suppose, like, you know, many other companies, you have your finance and your marketing team and, um, customer service. Yeah. And now adding a whole retail dimension to us.
0: Missy, are you able to share anything about your financials or your financial growth?
1: I mean, I would say we've set ourselves up to be a different company than a lot of these other DTC companies where they take all this investment and say they're unicorns and then they lose money. Like, we we honestly can't comprehend how that works. And I think kind of the market's proving that it might not work. So we've been profitable since our second year. We'll hit close to $200 million by the end of this year. So I'm just so proud of what we've been able to do um, in 10 years. I, I, <laughs> no, I can't.
0: I hope that you are so damn proud of yourself because you were just detailing this time that was very scary. I mean, that was what you said. It was a a little bit of a scary time. I wasn't working and Scott was consulting. (laughs) That was what you said. And you just told me you have a business that's about to reach 200 million dollars and you should be just so proud of yourself. And I know I know that a lot of times founders don't take a minute to be like, holy shit, like, look what I built. And like, you really should take a minute to say, holy shit, look what I built, because it's really fucking awesome.
1: You're sweet. There's no time for that, though, right? I know. (laughs) I keep saying for our 10th anniversary next January or in, yeah, like four months, maybe I'll take a moment then because there's something about that anniversary, right? Or like hitting 10, it feels like, I don't know. That might be a nice point of reflection. Did you ever imagine when-
0: When you started this, did you could you ever have comprehended that you would be where you are today?
1: Oh my gosh, Lindsay, no way. Like honestly, when Scott and I were just even kicking around the idea in the beginning, I was like, This is amazing. We'll, you know, I'll store the sheets at this local storage facility down the road. I'll package them up and ship them out myself every day. And Scott was like No, 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 that wouldn't be a business. We need to get a warehouse and really, you know, invest and make this like you, you, you know, he had that. I will give him that credit. He had that ambition and dream for what this could be. And I was just focused on every little detail about the sheets. And then it's just like, okay, you can order as many as you want. I'm going to make sure they're all perfect. But that's what
0: makes this amazing is that you both had a vision in a very different way for this business. He had a vision for the actual business and the operations and, and a dream for that. And you had a vision for the actual product. And that's why it works.
1: That's really, yeah. Lindsay, that's, A really great point. Um, You know, I mean, like you you told me when we got on,
0: Lindsay, I am the chief designer and I make sure Wait, I wrote it down, you said I make sure that every single thing is perfect with our product and Scott makes sure that everything is perfect with your operations, with your business, with your marketing, with your customer acquisition. And you need both of those roles in a business. And I think that it's, it's And the other thing that you said to me too, was I don't deal, I don't really deal with the numbers in the business. And so I bring that up for the people who are listening. If you don't have a co-founder, that's okay. But I think that it's very important. I know that it's very important to recognize what Missy shared with me and to know your strengths and weaknesses so that you can have an actual business because look what you built.
1: Yeah. That's such a good point to everyone out there who, has an idea or wants to do something, it's like, I mean, very few people can do everything on their own, right? Like, I don't even know if anyone actually can, no. like, you need to surround yourself with people who know more than you in areas that you don't, right? So, um, yeah, and then there are areas of yourself that you have to just lean on and trust that, you know what, I might not be the very best because there's other people have done this for 20 years than me. And I think there was a bit of that like imposter syndrome for a little while in the beginning. So like, I think that's what also holds people back from wanting to share, ask, you know, ask for questions like, well, sh- I should probably know this, you know, but the reality is, is no, you shouldn't, you've never done this before, you know? So there is a little bit of that internal struggle I know I've had over the years, but, um, but i knew i could out hustle and out work anyone to figure out how to make the best product like um right and so for me i think having a co-founder who has extremely different strengths and his strengths are my weaknesses and my strengths are his weaknesses or i don't even know if it's a weakness it's just things that we're not interested in or care about you know or passionate about and so that's been really helpful. And I think that's how even a lot of people ask me like, Oh, your husband and wife, like, how do you do that? Well, you know? that was my next question. My next question was uh, yeah. going to be like, do you take your work home
0: with you? Or are, is, and of are course there... we
1: do. It's our life, you know, of course, like any founder, anyone starting something or in it now, I'm in it for 10 years, you know, it's, it's just part of our lives. It's part of our children's lives. It's, it's part of our friends' lives, you know, that it's just a, an extension of us. And so, that's where I feel really proud of the values the you know like what makes us tick is really embedded in bowl and branch and making sure that we are thinking of every detail not because we want to be you know annoying or nitpicky but I just want everything thought through so the customer doesn't have to everything is just it's going to work it's going to be beautiful and um, really having a co-founder with different strengths really lets us both focus on different areas, like you were saying, with our strengths.
0: You brought up a word in the beginning of our conversation that comes up often here, and I think it's important to kind of re-bring up in this conversation as, as we kind of near the end of our conversation and close the loop. You brought up the word legacy, and that in the beginning, Scott was kind of like, before you guys started Bull and Branch, when he was Left his company, he was thinking, like, what do I want my legacy to be? So, what do you want your legacy to be? And what do you want the Bull and Branch legacy to be?
1: Oh, Lindsay, that's an amazing question. I think, I think for Bull and Branch, I, you know, the thing that we started from the beginning, the thread that runs through it is just how we treat people and how how you can care for people through business. Meaning, you know, our customer service is is top-notch. Like, no one can compete with that. We will go overboard for every single customer, make sure that they are happy and they love their products. And if they don't, of course, they can return on them or exchange them. And we always do what's right by the customer. And I think... That extends to how we treat everyone. That you know, whether it's a partner on the other side of the world or a partner on our team, we just can act with compassion and thoughtfulness for for everybody. And I think that's the legacy for Bolam Branch. Is Sheets is the vehicle that we do it through, but we really can make a difference through the way. We interact with each other, work with each other, and then take care of each other. And what about you? I don't know, Lindsay. That's so hard. For me, I guess I go to the place where, uh, you know, being a mom of three daughters, I just want them to see that they can do anything they put their minds to. And there's always a way to do it. You know, I think that's the thing with Bull and Branch is it's easy to gloss over now 10 years and say, wow, you've built this business. There were so many ups and downs and there still are every single day (laughs) ups and downs. And I try and be really honest with them too about those as much, you know, they were little in the beginning when we thought like, uh, you know, Oh, are we going to have any customers tomorrow? You know, they didn't know, but we try and reflect and tell them that and, and share that with them that I just want them to know that they can do anything they want, want to do and do it with grace and kindness.
0: So my last question for you is the same question I ask everyone at the end and you said you listened. So then maybe you're prepared, <laughs> but What are three things that you would tell a female founder if they were just getting started?
1: The first thing I would say is don't stop. When you come to an obstacle, come to something that you are challenged by, are worried about. Like, I know it's so awkward. I know there's like part of me that just wants to like shudder and, you know, shrivel up. But like, you can't stop. Like, just keep going Like I was saying before, there's always a workaround. There's always a way that you can make something possible. You just have to be creative or like come back and like look at it from a different point of view of how can you move forward in a different way. So I'd say don't stop. Um, Number two is reach out for help, like what we were talking about before. Like I don't think anyone can do this on their own, (laughs) even just for moral support and like mental health. But I think that there are so many people that you surround yourself with in life, whether it's your friends, your family or mentors or, you know, there's going to be people that you want to meet and find to give you advice. So I think just don't go it alone, you know, reach out and get help. And then the third is, you know, it is like we all know it is a grind, it is a pressure cooker. And there are times where you can't let it go, which I know we all have. So really picking those times where you need to park this aside and still, you know, do things in your life or like, don't let this fully, fully consume you. Because I think for me, it does consume (laughs) so much of my life. But as I've gone I, I never want to feel like I missed out on something else during my life. So making sure that you are still able to, I don't know, for me, I never wanted to miss any of my kids' events or things at school that I prioritized or, you know, something with a friend that you always wanted to do. I think that that there's a time that this is all consuming, but it needs to, you need to make sure it still works with your life. Does that make sense? And not yes. Not miss out on other things.
0: It makes total sense. Missy Tannen, co-founder and chief designer of Bolin Branch. You just mentioned to me that you want your legacy to. Be that your kids can do anything and do it with grace, and I want to say that you are one of my most gracious guests. You are setting such a great example for your kids and for everyone out there. So keep up the amazing work. I cannot wait to see where this goes. I can't wait to see what you do for your 10 year anniversary. And I'm so, so, so appreciative of your time and of you being here. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, Lindsay, I can't thank you enough. I feel like this was such a fun, reflective hour getting to chat with you. And like I mentioned before, too, like I've been such a big fan of yours. I'm so thankful for what you do for women founders and just being able to have these conversations that you know, it's it's real life and we're all going through it and just to for you to share your voice and your your experiences and include other people in that conversation is just really really magical. So thank you for having me and thank, thank you for this you. conversation. Thank
0: you for saying that. I can't wait to share this episode. I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Missy as much as I enjoyed having it. She is absolutely lovely and I am just really honored that she reached out and wanted to be on Dear Found Her. And we made this happen because this was just such an amazing conversation. And hearing her journey of going from an idea to $200 million in revenue is really just mind blowing. There were so many takeaways from today's conversation. I invite you to take out a pen and paper so that you can write these down. I also invite you to sign up for our newsletter. The link is in the show notes. We will be sharing more takeaways, but we are relaunching our newsletter later this fall. So you're gonna wanna get on that so you don't miss what's coming soon. Link is in the show notes. For now, here are my top five takeaways from my conversation with Missy Tannen, founder of Bull Branch. Number one, tap into word of mouth when you launch. You hear me say all the time, send that email. Make sure that you do let your friends and family and everyone in your network know what it is that you're doing and how they can help and support you. Missy and Scott relied on family and friends to use purchase and spread the word about their product when it started. Number two, don't be afraid to be transparent with the press in doing. So Olin branch landed an article that ended up selling out their 18 months of inventory in just a few days. Number three, transparency also leads to greatness and trust among your customer. Scott and Missy pride themselves on honesty and transparency. This is the backbone of their brand. You are going to start seeing even more from them in this regard. And this is what makes their brand stand out. Number four, find a co-founder who compliments you, create a shared vision together and use your skills to make it come to life. Number five, don't be afraid to reach out for help. You can't do this alone. So whatever help looks looks like for you, make sure you ask for it. Thank you so much to Missy Tannen and the Bowling Branch team for making this interview happen. I have so enjoyed being a part of sharing your story and I hope that you, the listeners, loved it as much as I did. And thank you to everyone who tuned in this week and listened to this conversation. As always, you can stay tuned. We have another brand new episode with an incredible founder coming your way next week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here.